Okay, good morning everyone. This, some, this is a very, I'm very excited about this year. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One second, should be. No, just, I think it's just these. Just this one. Yeah, does everyone have this picture? Yeah. Good enough, everybody? So I'm, I'm very excited about this year because uh, I'm, I'm certain shear, I'm like, I really feel like it's mamash for me. I, I wish I felt like that about every single shear. But this one specifically, because of the inyan, the whole inyan of Asertim Shiva. What now? What happens now? What was Rosh Hashanah? It was. There was Elul, Tshuva, whatever you want to call that. Rosh Hashanah was Rosh Hashanah. Malchut. It's a whole, you know, a whole avodah. And then I kind of understand a little bit what Yom Kippur is all about. What's Asertim Shiva all about? We had a Chodesh of Tshuva. What's Aseret Yimei Tshuva all about? And the Avodah of Aseret Yimei Tshuva seems to be the easiest, on the one hand, and on the other hand, so threatening. And what's that? Basically, it is... You know what, I'm going to jump right to what Rib Shlomo says, because it, it really will help us uh, define what the Avodah is right now. And without the avodah of right now, it almost seems that the rest of the year will lose its taste, will lose its kavana. But we'll do it keseder. The Rambam says to us clearly that the avodah of right now, Bashani Yom Kippur, it's an auspicious time. There's a, something in the air. What's in the air? The possibility and the opportunity for something. What's that something? So usually you would probably say forgiveness. That's what you would say is in the air right now. But do you really just want to be forgiven? Don't you want so much more than just forgiveness? What do we want? It's one word. Closeness. Kirva. We've learned in the Bilvavi Shir. We learned it, it took, I think, probably the first six months in the Bilvavi Mishkan Evne Shir was taking David Amelech's statement, defining what goodness means in the world. His statement was, Vani kirvat elokim litov. That's for me. What's considered good in the world is just being, f- being, feeling close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, feeling close to Hashem. So therefore, it's going to be, it's a very, very special time right now because what we have the opportunity to do right now is to not settle on just saying to be forgiven. You all know, well, I bless you, hopefully you don't know, but if it ever happens that you do know, that after you maybe have some kind of a, uh, you know, disorder with someone, then, you know, with a spouse or whatever, and the, uh, the spouse forgives you, okay, you're, you're it's, more like, it's more like a man, when a man wants forgiveness for, for, from, from his wife, she could say, I forgive you, but the closeness is what you really, really want. And we've seen this scenario in many different places. The most classic example of this would probably be what happened to Am Yisrael after we sinned with the chet of the Meraglim? After we sinned with the spies. So there was like distance that was created due to our sinning as a people listening to Dibat Haaretz. That created distance. So then Moshe Rabbeinu starts to dive in. There's again Yud Giamidot Rachmim, what we say every single day now. And then what, what ends up happening? Hashem forgives. Hashem forgives. So Am Yisrael is like, oh, okay, so it's forgiven. So now we could just go into Eretz Yisrael. It's like, no, 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 no. Eretz Yisrael is about closeness. 
I forgive you, it doesn't mean we're ready to be close now. Take 40 years. You've got to go for 40 years to regain the preciousness of what it means to be close. But, but you love me. Oh, I love you, Hashem says. I love you. But closeness is something else. So the question is, do you have to be close to someone in order to love them? And do you have to love someone in order to be close to them? What do you think? Should I repeat that question? Yes. Do you have to love someone in order to be close to them? And do you have to be close to someone, or do you have to be close to someone in order to love them? And think of any level of relationship. It, 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 it applies the same in every different type of relationship. What do you think? It's a, it's a very deep question. I don't think you have to be close to someone to, have, to, to, be, able to, to be able to love them. Nahon. There's a, sometimes there's just a cashier and you Nahon. might not always feel it, but it's, it's there. And, and what about the other way? And the other way, I think, is more that you, that you do. You have to. You have to. Um, <laughs> you have to love someone in order to feel close to them. That you do, yeah. Does anyone else have an opinion? Anyone else have an opinion about this or feel? Yeah. It's a little bit dark. <laughs> I think you actually need a little distance to love someone. You can't always. If you're always close, mm-hmm. sometimes a little space becomes. Wow. But love is also a feeling that can come and go through the closeness that we love. Ah, that's very good. That's how we really, in the Bilvavi classes, that's what we really defined it, that closeness is so much deeper than love. Love comes and goes. Closeness, meaning I'm, I'm close to a brit, I'm close to a covenant by the means of always staying ne'eman to it, of always being loyal to a brit that I have with the person. Right? That's what a brit is with, between two people, a covenant between two people. Sometimes I'm going to love, sometimes I'm not going to love. God knows that, I know that, and my spouse knows that. Um, I wouldn't say that about children and parents. It's, it's a little bit different over there, even though that's, that might be what happened. You always, love, you, know, you always love your children, you always feel close to your children, but there's times when it's less, when you do need to feel mommy or daddy or Abba need to go out to have a walk. Why? Because I love you. Because <laughs> I love you. <laughs> this is no chidush right here. Absolutely, absolutely. We're just defining these terms. Why? Why are we saying this right now? Because this week is all about closeness. It's the opportunity of closeness. Look what the Rambam says. Hilchos tshuva perek beis halachavav. Even though tshuva and screaming out to Hashem is always good, always. But do you have a page? I'm sorry. But the, the tshuva, the crying out between Roshan and Yom Kippur is, is more auspicious, it's more beautiful. And it is immediately received. Now those words have the halachic authorities going nuts with the status of a sinner during a Sereti Mei The Rambam really confused, that confused, he caused people to really dig deep. Why? These are big words. Umiyadi mitkabelet? You know, Elul, I'm killing myself. Rosh Hashanah also, the pachad of the day. Sereti Mei 
scream a little bit, a little bit more, miyadi mitkabelet, and it's immediately accepted. Ech yechol yot, how could this be? So he says, shenemar, quotes Yishaya Navi, dirshu Hashem behimatzot, demand God when he is found. Then the continuation of that pasuk is obviously, kera'uhu biyoto karov, call out to Hashem when he is close. When he is close, the Rambam says, and all the Rishonim say it as well, is ben kesel between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. He is close now to call out to him. Take advantage of what's happening right now in the air. And the question is, is this something that God says, listen, there are times I'm simply more available? Or is it something else that's going on? That's what we're going to try to figure out today. So the next piece from Rib Shlomo, I'm going to skip the last two ends of the Ramah because I wanted to just focus on the beginning. This little quote explains to us a little bit about the time that we're in right now. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are called Yamim Noraim, the days of awe. It's called awesome days because it's awesome to be close. It's not awesome to love somebody, but it's awesome to be close. Now I want to just explain, I think, what he's saying here. I don't think what he means here is that, you know, when we say, wow, that was awesome. We've taken that word, awesome, awesome. Rev Weinberger doesn't like that word at all. He, he, he quotes it quite often around now. He always speaks about, when you hear people say, that's awesome. Awesome should not make you go like, that was awesome. Awesome. Your person would, would look like this and sound like this if they connected to the real meaning of this word. Awesome. Full, really, the be- it should be awful, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's true. <laughs> wow, that was an awful experience, and, and mean it like, and mean it in a in, in its real way, right? It's very interesting. Awful, full of awe. This man, sorry, malagamre over here, mamash gacha. What does it mean? What is he saying over here? To love somebody, it's it's beautiful, it's sweet. To really love somebody by being close to them, is is awesome. No, 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 I messed up. When I say, when I say it, it doesn't, doesn't sound right. It really, it really is. To love, to, to be close to somebody is full of awe. And, and on one level, we can understand it like this. In order to love somebody, you don't really need to be vulnerable. And you don't really need to open up. To be close to somebody and to feel that somebody is close to you is dependent on the pticha, on opening. That's how it is. So how many people love God? I'm sure a lot of people do to the extent that they do. Closeness. So here we have one of the key elements of tshuva that is in, are introduced to us by the Rambam, and it's brought down by everyone, and it's something we kind of shy away from. Why? Because it sounds very Christian, and we brought it up yesterday in Shir as well. And that's the concept of vidui. Vidui bapem. We're not just talking about the saying those things, but literally in Chassidus it's a very big thing to actually go to your tzaddik and misvade and to confess your Avedas, to actually put it out there. Why? I'm, I, I'm, compl- I'm just shechting myself open. I'm opening up myself. And it's vulnerable and it's threatening. But that creates a certain level of a conditioning for kirva, of closeness. To love somebody, you don't have to go there. We could love a lot of people. Okay, okay there's deeper levels of love, the chule. But I could really say, look, like you said, I can love someone. Right? But that does not mean I have to be close to them. To be close to somebody, I wouldn't dare do it unless I, unless I loved them. And unless I believed that they loved me, I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't go there. 
I wouldn't voluntarily go there and reveal it all. I would never do that. So this, what, what, what we have now, Yom Kippur, and the Gemar of Tshuva, it's one of the key elements of Tshuva, which is Vidui, which is opening yourself up. But when do I feel safe enough to open myself up to somebody? When there's closeness. It's very simple. It's a very simple formula over here. Top meaning, it's simple, we understand. It takes God, it takes so much to go there. But this is what these days were meant for. He's close now. What are you doing about it? You have an opportunity and a chance to really connect to the year ah, the Yamim Noraim. It's awesome to be close to somebody. And, he, and when he said, when he said the first, I remember when I first transcribed this line, I thought I didn't hear it right, and I had to listen to it a, a bunch of times. It's not awesome to love somebody, but it's awesome to be close. Now we, we're getting a little bit of a deeper understanding of what that line means. We're living in a world where a lot of people love each other, but close, not so much, because it's awesome to be close. It is absolutely awesome. Now my dream, Mamish, my dream, is to daven and learn and grow with people that won't compromise on anything less than close. I've been in a lot of circles where there's love. That's very special. It's beautiful. <coughs> closeness is something else. But not just people that are willing, not willing to compromise on closeness with each other. But that when they go to shul and we're davening together, they can't compromise on anything less than feeling close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Close. Now, Ilana, this kind of goes against, remember that whole story you said about the Shabbos table and everything? Because that relationship that person described, it's not part of the equation, I think. If I remember correct, right? That's not part of the equation. By us, it's like the only equation. Like, and it's definitely the equation of Asayi Semei That's what this is about. Now, the next Makor we have is someone I'm very, very excited to learn from and someone that I never, we never learned from here. But it's the deepest depths. I don't know if any of you ever learned from Rav Ashlag. Did you ever learn from Rav Ashlag? Did anyone hear of Rav Ashlag before? Yeah. Does anyone know about Rav Ashlag, Rav Yehuda Ashlag? You ever hear of Baal HaSulam? You ever hear of the Zohar? <laughs> <laughs> Rav Ashlag. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin. And I'm not, I'm not going, I'll send, I'll send some good reading, maybe if you want. Rav Ashlag... Um, broke down the barriers and gates for many people, for good and for bad, not Khalila, his fault, God forbid, what was done with a lot of it, to access the Kabbalah, the Zohar. Um, and he's called Bala Sulam, the parish, the translate, the parish on the Zohar. Um, but he has a lot of works as well. And his teachings are mesmerizing, they're very, very deep. And uh, I think it, I, I, I want eventually during the year to look at a few of his, of his pieces. There was one guy that used to come to this year when we did the Monday nights in the house when I first moved here. The guy from, uh, what's his, from, um, from Mevocharon, Cohen, Tzvi Cohen. Do you remember him? Yes, he used to come, um, um, older man, very soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. Mamash, like very atzili, very, and uh, he, I don't know how he found us online. He would schlep like an hour each way, and I never met him before. 
he can't apparently and then we we realized he had a daughter in, in your class in your class growing yeah, up. Yeah, in elementary school. Elementary school, very zis, very humble guy. And uh one day he came and he gave me this huge remember that big, big fat book called Asulam that he gave me? It's a whole story about the Shoshelet Kabbalah of Ashlag. I read it for, for a long time and it's very long. The story of Ashlag's life is, is long and beautiful and deep, but I wanted to take one piece about that he says that where he brings down what we've been talking about, about closeness, what this means. So I'll, I'll, I'll send more material about him with the Shem. Oh, yeah, the beginning of last century, uh, the, uh, the 20th century. Where? Here in Eretz Yisrael. Um, his, well, his top Talmud was of Brandwine, if that, may, if that name means anything. His grandson, you ever hear of... Um, Rav, Rav uh, Scheinberger? Scheinberger? Scheinberger. Scheinberger. Not Tzitzis. No. Scheinberger from the Old City? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the school of thought. Yeah, yeah, that's, well, that, that's where it is. Yeah. Chavat, yeah, the whole place, Oraganuz up in up yeah. north, that's, that's Rav Ashlag's derech, uh, uh, yeah. So the, the beginning of last century. Um, there's a lot to say about it, I don't really want to tell you little tidbits, it's Kedai Tebe'ameya and Rav Yehuda Ashlag. He's buried on, uh, I believe he's buried in Haram Menuchot. Okay. Rav Ashlag says like this, and I, I, I obviously after looking at it, I see that the Talmudim must have taken his words and simplified it more because it's, it's way too simple to understand. It's probably, probably much deeper. Kra'u biyoto karov, the Navi says in Ishaya. Tzadich lavin, ma'u biyoto karov? What does it mean when he's close? The whole world is filled with Hashem's kavod. What does it mean? Sometimes he's close and sometimes he's not. What does it mean when he is close? Must mean that there's times when he's not close. If you say, if the Navi says, call out to him when he's close. So before we continue, first of all, the question's clear, right? No, not so Yeah, questions, it's a pretty easy question. But now think about it to yourself. Did you ever feel that God was far? Mm-hmm. I Sorry? I ah, okay. So now we're, obviously, what's happening over here. What's the difference in determining that, what you just, like, that status? You're feeling an emotion. What's it called? Distance. The opposite of closeness. What is, what are our, what's our gut inclination tell us? Who's far? No, the gut, usually that's already a deeper level, what you're saying. The gut tells us usually he, Hashem is far. Yeah, you don't, you don't makabah so much? Then, I, when I'm willing... Meaning, but, 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 but the eye, the ego, the nefesh Bahamas, whatever you want to call it, right? It will probably first make us say and feel, oh, well, he's far, he's unattainable. Now, we can't go too deep with this philosophically and theologically because six million Jews were killed. So I, I, I can't go there on that grandiose level for now. I want to keep it just in context of how we relate to it on a day-to-day level, okay? What enables us to go into the place of, wait a second, maybe if, I, if God is God, that means So how could that be that I feel distance? You're pulling yourself away, you're pulling yourself closer. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? By taking responsibility. I think any time you take responsibility on something, mm-hmm. it brings you closer, which goes back to the whole closeness that you said at the beginning. 
if you want to be close to somebody, most people, I think, maybe I shouldn't generalize, they wouldn't open up to somebody because they'd be scared of being judged or what will the person say. But if they really wanted to get like a nice clean place, then they wouldn't be scared to take the responsibility because it's their responsibility. The responsibility to what? To, ref- to, to, op- to open up. Whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. If there's right. something that happened to you that you want to face, instead of like saying, what are they going to say? What are they going to think of that? So I'll just live the way I am. Right. If you take responsibility, it automatically opens you up. So. But you also need to be thinking about that they can hear you. You know, if that they, they hear can or not. receive. No, like, because you can't just, you know. It, if you come from a place that you don't even, if, if, you, if it's totally on you, totally 100% on you, it doesn't make a difference if they hear you or not. I mean, yeah. if you come but and you I, take... If you're, only, if you're going to open up to somebody, then I, I feel like there's, there's like, has to be a basis of mm-hmm. this is where we are, and I'm going to open up to you, and you're going to open up to me, and we're going to have a, a closeness. It's not just me dumping my emotional, you know... Right, that's like a therapist. You know, no, but right. that's not taking responsibility. Right, but if you're creating a relationship, so that I think that's where, for me, that's why I was been like thinking that, like, I don't always feel like Hashem is listening. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Lisa. That, like, I get, you know, philosophically, I know He is, but I, I don't always feel it. So it's me feeling distant. And therefore, I don't feel like someone's ready to hear me, and I can't then. But we're comparing you know. our relationship with God to the relationship with people. And it's like, so people, it's like, right. like, he's not judgmental, and that's it. It's like, it's like you know, you can't, you just can't compare it. It's like a totally different. As much as you give, that's what God's give. Do you know what I mean? A person might not be equal. A person might not react the same. They might not react positively to you. Right, but it's closer. It's, like your, it's easier to see. your soul, or even with God, like, as much as you open, he's going to, it's going to. There's, a, there's a, like a stability, I think, in Hashem's place. If you think of it like a solar system, so if Hashem is in the middle and we're all revolving around Him, whereas people, you're on, you're, you're all on a different wavelength. But Hashem is in the middle. And so I feel like a very different, I feel like we're trying to compare apples and oranges almost, right? There's two different relationships. There's, with that relationship, with your, with your example, it's like sometimes it's summer and sometimes it's winter, depending right. on, on your position. Mm-hmm. And yes, Hashem might always be there, but you can feel... Man, man evolves we change and, and Hashem knew that when he created us we're not going to stay and that's why it is, it is cool what you, mm-hmm. your dogma but that dogma just proves even more that Dafka Hashem knows there's going to be time where we actually feel that it's summer and winter like we feel mitzido and that's okay that's part of the system that's what we're going that's why we work so hard to work through on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur to remember that it's called Yom Zikaron so I saw one of the Perushim that said, it's, it's a Yom Zikaron for you to remember what it felt like to stand in front of the king later in December or in March or in May when, it, when it's just because of the Bitsiyut of this world and because of this man, it doesn't feel like that. But you have to remember that this was you and this was real. Absolutely. That's why it's called Ma'agal Hashanah. You know, it's, it's to come full circle. And what blocks us from that intimate relationship with Hashem really is our shame. It's interesting that He's telling us these ten days to kind of tshuva, that it's okay that we can remove the veil. It's of a our different shame type of tshuva. Because, because why? What did I get through? What did I hopefully get through during Elul? Hopefully. 
I got through the shame, hopefully, because, and now that I got through that, you take advantage of what's in front of you. So look, let's look, that's very nice. Let's look what he says here. Hainyanhu, Rav Ashlag says in the second paragraph, the matter is like this. Shetamid mechashvim etamatsavim klepei ha'adam hamasig vehamargish. We calculate situations in life only based on the person that's comprehending and feeling things in accordance to their experience. That's what defines a, a, a scenario, right? He'll explain this in a second. Everything is measured in accordance to man's experience, which define, and, and we think like that's the MS of all MS. Like when we feel something, I experience something, that is the reality. Don't you dare tell me that's not what's happening. No, no, no. That, that's in a second. But in the beginning, what do we say? When I think it's my reality, and there is no other reality, even though, of course there is. But my Nefesh Baham is my me that we'll, we'll get to in a second, does not allow me to remember for a second that there's a whole other world, millions of them happening at the same time. Be a person feeling everything good in this world. And the other person doesn't feel the goodness of this world. That person can't say there is a good world. He says, according to their feeling. The world is full of affliction. I, I remember this very clearly. I just told the Chaver this morning. Last year, the day after Rosh Hashanah, we were here in a shir, and I was, or we were. No, we were, I think it was here. I was walking back up, and there was another woman from the community walking down. And last year was very. I felt very, very. I felt very strong this year too. Last year I felt very strong after davening, and um, so I asked this woman. I said, "How was your Rosh Hashanah?" Wanting to hear how good you know how good it was for it. I was you know my, in my own mind as well, like, thinking how I experienced it. And she said, um, can I tell you the truth?" Say so sure. He's like, it was the most awesome, awful, <laughs> gruesome experience, much gaza I ever had, and didn't feel anything, not connected for a second, and none of that feel didn't get to me, and and so a few things to be very honest. Obviously, I first had to just like pretend that we didn't dive in, in the same minion, and you know, it's <laughs> not a, obviously the imalasot. But what I was really realizing, I can't believe it. Like, we were in the, under the same kimat, the same roof. <laughs> Hopefully we're working on that. We were under the kimat, the same roof. And I know that what I was experiencing was real. And, and, and no one can take that away from me, no matter what. What she was experiencing was just as real as what I was experiencing, Right? So the Rabbala Sulam, Rabbi Ashlag is saying, we have to remember something. Usually, not usually, always, Adam nimdad nimdadim The way we experiencing things and, and, and the labels we give to moments and feelings are based on my experience of them. Simple landmark, 101. Right? Yeah. The world it's is... your story. It's your story, right? So that's why... The Baal Sulam is saying, if that's the reality, if that's how Hashem designed, created the world, right? 
What's the avoda on that? Because that's a horrible place to be in. Why? If you remember that it's your story, then you can remember that the other person has a story also. Because I don't always remember that it's my story. <laughs> How do you attain the memory, the awareness that your story is not always the story? He's going to explain here. It's called closeness. How does that help them remembering that your story is not the story? Sorry? How does that help? They have everyone. They weren't saying because the other person. You could say, hey, this happened. I saw it from here, but he saw it from the other side. That's in terms of like, Ben Adam Chavira. But no, but you're talking about the Rebbe Shleim. Let's get there. That's a perfect question. And that's why you make those phone calls in the breaks. Because that's how you get through closeness. It's by taking on your responsibility to situations and making them all yours. Because then it's yours. But now I'm sticking to what Ilana brought up now because now it's really... Like, we want a, a sense of kirva, although it is interesting that Davka, okay. right? You have to work on those things as well. But what I want to talk about is what the Navi says, there's a closeness happening right now in the world. How, how did that happen? How do I access it? And how does it help me? How does it affect me? How do I take advantage of it? What does it even mean that right now there's closeness in the world? Who created the closeness? So look what he says here. Third paragraph. Now he basically says, the prophet didn't just give us a good etza, he warned us by saying, What did the prophet really saying to us? What is he basically saying? Take advantage. Take advantage of what? Now this is where it gets really tricky. You created a scenario. What's the scenario that you, Yehudim, created on Rosh Hashanah? Chodesh Elul, but definitely Rosh Hashanah. What did you do all of Rosh Hashanah? What were you busy doing? You were bringing Hashem close. Now he's close. Now you better take advantage of what you created. Your reality, your story is finally much more closer to the real story. Rosh Hashanah begins with nothing to do about me. It's about the king. It's about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When it's about me and it's my story, v'chule, 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 Hashem is always there. The closeness isn't felt. But you created a scenario of speaking about the king, Hamelech, Meloch al kola olam kvudo bichvodecha, ve'yetayu kola ovdecha. And yeah, there are little inserts here and there about me, but really it's not. Really it's not. That's not what Hashem is all about. So the Sulam is saying, take advantage of the scenario of the reality that you just created. Why? Because it's closest to the emes, to the real story. So all the work begins now. Well, the, mm, it's so hard to say you that because... You did work to bring it close, but now's, your, now's when you have to be opening now, Now's the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Kra'u biyoto karov, meaning, yeah, call out to him when he's close. When is he close? Rambam says, ben kipper. Why now? So why is he close now? Right. You brought him there. Take advantage from what you did. When someone gets married, when does it start? Dating? Please. 
Why can't you bring them close all year round? You, well, that's uh, that. that's you exactly absolutely you can. But so is there not, meaning, I would say that there is power to those days above and who, beyond definitely. what you've done. Who did that? Hashem said, there, Hashem said there are times, right, to focus, right? But who did, like Hashem can say a million things, right? But unless I, as a, as a, as a Basav Adam, don't drag that down, draw down that light, so what does it matter that Hashem des- de- designated all these times, auspicious times? What is that? What is that? It could happen all year long, meaning, like the, and, and, and the PSS spoke about this, Hopefully one day the women will also learn that sefer because it's very, it's just so important that sefer. You've already started planning it. Planning. <laughs> so it's it's just it, I I just we keep on seeing the Rebbe's. <laughs> we keep on seeing which the winter of hustle. We keep on seeing just how how he just keeps on showing up in everything that we do. He's saying there are times that that you worked extra hard. Roshana Yom Elul, take advantage of the avoda that you did. You, you really did, and obviously, we're going to see in a second, that that's also an illusion. You really did. You really did bring Hashem much closer, right? What can, what can, what can happen, though, when you start thinking so much like that? You take closeness as if power. <laughs> Look what he says now. Hare <laughs> third line in this paragraph. Mishum shetzvichim ladat she'adam mitzad tiv'o Man, according to its nature, and really it's Nefesh Bahamis here, yeah? He is not, would you say, prepped or receptible? What's the right word over here? Not Mukhshar meaning talented, but uh, uh, yeah, programmed. Yeah, that could work. He's not programmed for Dvekus just on its own nature. It's against man's nature. Now, nature here. Is referring to the nefesh baham. It's not the real nefesh elokid nature. Okay. Ki adam mitzada bria yesh lo ratzon ach lekabel. What does the nefesh bahamis want to do? Give me, give me, give me. Take. Okay. V'dvekut uach laashpia. Dvekus is actually mimashpia. Is to be is to be giving. You think dvekus is just to receive, but really it's about giving. So it's a giving and receiving that happens simultaneously. But God calls out to you. When does God call out to you? And there are times that Hashem designated throughout the Torah that Satala certain days. That's what the Yantiv means. Mikra Kodesh. Hashem is calling out and saying something about this time is a time to call out for Kedusha. What happens when Hashem calls out to you and you begin to listen to what Hashem is saying? Nitrakem means uh, embroidered. Embroidered within you is a second nature. And that nature now wants to nullify that other nature, which is just about give me, give me, give me. I want to take, take, take. And I want to cling to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So here he's saying, he's saying over your mitzada teva, really on our own, there's no way you would wake up in the morning and be like, you know what, I just want Kedusha today. On my, like, just me. I don't want to have anything to do with, with, with receiving anything. Right? That's not the way we're programmed. 
Yaakov and Esav show up together in the womb. It's the way we were, and, and, and the beginning, Esav really wins. Beginning, the, most of our life, Esav's, we're battling there in the boxing ring. We're mamish in a match. What happens is, is when we take advantage of the times that Hashem says, listen, these days, this time of year, it's auspicious. For whatever the reasons are, go for it. We see that something happens. There's a Mikra Kodesh in the world, and we <laughs> go for it. And we call out to Hashem more and more and more. And the Navi is telling us, you've been able to have your Nefesh Elokit begin your year. It was more your Nefesh Elokit than Nefesh Bahamit. How do we know? Well, how many hours did you stand in shul davening? How much, how much of your consciousness was elevated to start the year? How many mitzvahs did you surround yourself with to start the year? So Rav Ashlag is saying, that really is, that was like a matnat chinam that Hashem gave you, that He told you, this is the time to go into it. What did you do? You did. You took advantage of it. And now what's the Navi saying? Why in the world would you stop? Keep that flow. Call out to Hashem. Why? Because now He's close. As opposed to what, last week? Before Shoshone, he wasn't close? No, he was always close. What changed? You changed. Something about you changed. Something about you shifted. What, what shifted? Bittel. Your story as opposed to a bigger story. It would, make, would have made much more sense that Yom Kippur should come before Shoshone. All the other Mephashim speak about this. It would make, make much more sense. Right? Because Yom Kippur is details. Did this wrong, I did that wrong. And once I get through that, then I can come and crown you v'chuleh v'chuleh. But Chazal knew, the way to begin to go into the year is to make it about Hashem. And after I had made it clear that it's about Hashem, then it can be a little bit about cleaning up my own shmutz on a detailed level. But first I have to go through that. I have to first feel close enough to Hashem to bear my deepest, darkest secrets. Why? I need to establish the closeness in the air before I could let myself really go there and experience the love that I know that I feel. That only happens after Rosh Hashanah. So that's why the Navi is saying, that's what's in the air right now, take advantage of it. And if you listen very closely, the fact that you're going for it was also a matana from Hashem. It wasn't just you saying, look what I did. Look how I did this, Mapitam. Remember, it was all a gift from Hashem that enabled you to go for it and draw down more and more closeness. Don't get lost over there. And the next parable he brings over here, he does speak about the fact that you know, a person can be lost in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a yar, in a forest, and he can't see anything, and he goes into despair. Then after a while, he sees some light at the end. He sees a person way, way out there at the end of the forest which causes him to have hit of Ratzon and Cheshek to call out, maybe now I can finally come home, I can finally come home. And he gets so thrilled with the fact that he feels alive. And he starts to say, look at me, look how, look how powerful I am. Look at this. But what caused the person to start feeling hopeful again and full of, and, and less despair? He saw that person at the end over there. He saw something, Ben Acharakim. We forget sometimes that really the Koach to even Davin and to want to come home, and have passion to come home, also came from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Kra'u biyoto karov means, right now, none of us are under the assumption that we created Rosh Hashanah v'chule. We crowned the king. It was so much about Hashem. It was so much about the malchut of the world. 
and so much less about, look at me, look what I've done. Now's the time to taste the closeness that really exists there right now. And it'd be such a waste to not take advantage of a reality that really you helped create in the world. You listened to the calling. I'll say, I'll say this in a, in a little bit differently, a little bit different manner. This is totally Ishbitz. Everyone thinks we daven and Hashem answers. But really, Hashem already knows what we're going to daven for, right? So what is this all about? Ishbitz says, really, Hashem always whispers into our, into our ears, please, please daven. And we answer Hashem's tefillah by davening. That's what Hashem wants more than anything. Where do we learn this from? It says, Vayas Hashem l'sara kasher amar, Hashem pakad etzara kasher amar, Vayas Hashem l'sara kasher diber. So the Pasuk says about Sarah becoming pregnant. Right? Vayashem pakad etzara kasher amar, Vayas Hashem l'sara kasher diber. It seems like it's the same thing. He's saying the same thing twice. Dishbeth says, no, 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 he listened to what Sarah davened for, but he was only answering what's how Sarah answered Hashem's tefillah. That Sarah Imenu was so in tune with the Ratzon of Hashem, what let a woman and a man really like that to keep on davening to have a child? Only because they believed that's what Hashem wanted them to do. And they were listening to Hashem's Ratzon. And the more it becomes about Hashem's Ratzon and not yours, the more that you've really conquered your, your that teva, and the Nefesh Elokit is in the driver's seat. It doesn't stop. I mean, it's not like, oh, so now I'm set. That's how Rosh Hashanah started, and I'm good for this year. You have to zikaron, you have to remember. That's who you were. That was the real you. Hashem wants you to remember that that was the real you. What you looked like on Rosh Hashanah. Because later in the year, you're going to forget that's the real you. So that's why when we're closest to people, we want to remember those feelings, those emotions, because that defines the real feelings of a relationship. That's why we want to start the year. The Navi's warning us, he's saying, do not let these moments slip away, because you're going to need them later in the year. Or, maybe he's saying, you're going to need them in order to grow even closer during the year. But if you don't have these as the building stones, as, Mamish, as the beginning, it's going to be a year, maybe you'll say, I love Hashem, v'chule, v'chule. But don't you want kirva? Don't you want closeness? Don't you want what David HaMelech says, Vani kirvat elokim litov? That's what we're going for here. Not just to say, I love Hashem and therefore I keep His Torah and mitzvahs. I feel close. And that's what makes me even do the Torah and mitzvahs with more and more of a passion, of a cheshek, of a ratzon. So go down to the bottom right now. So what she could. She went to Shul. She tried to get there, and she couldn't. What happens? What, what she, do you mean? What happens to you? You're, you're saying like we're, we're, we brought Hashem in. Hashem is closer, and I'll take, take advantage of that opportunity during the Sarah Yemei But what happens if like she tried and she couldn't? She could, like she, you're not in that place to bring Hashem closer. Is the year? Is it gonna be a rough year? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> she, I want to say she is toast. <laughs> <laughs> she lost her year. <laughs> Maybe that's the opening. That what she said. Maybe that recognizing, I mean, just mm-hmm. like being able to articulate that there was no closeness can draw you closer. Mm-hmm. And right. The pain of the lack of closeness. The fact that it bothered her is like the highest. <laughs> there's so many people that doesn't even mafria him. Right. It's like whatever. I think that there's. Yeah a level of drawing close that's quite terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it can be 
completely daunting and you know. So you choose not to be close. It's scary. Subconsciously. To, to go there and expose all Nahon. the schmutz and everything. Even Nahon. with God. Of course. Of course. I think though that what Ilana is bringing up is that's not her situation, right? Well, the one that I'm speaking about. Right. Her situation is not that I didn't go there because I actually did try. Right. I actually did try. To the, person, to, to, to the person that you're describing, that's already something to, that, that's also an opportunity to discuss that with the Yibana Shlema and saying, look, going there is so terrifying. It's all full. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's full of awe. Yibana Shlema, I need you to meet me right there in that place. Dear Shu, that's, that's why the Navi says these words. It's very amazing how he says this. Dear means to demand. I need to demand you, Hashem, in that place where I find myself that it's terrifying to be close. Maybe is for those that are more in a place of this is, I, I'm okay with the closeness. This is, this is actually what I want and I'm, I feel safe enough. But really in the beginning, you have to demand Hashem to come and show you how it's possible to not be completely frightened by being that vulnerable. So it's very good what you're saying. That's very deep. I think what Ilan is uh, saying is like, you mentioned this in the Balvavi share, like sometimes someone could be so like rushing, like trying to figure something out and they're still into like, but I'm not feeling it, but I'm not this, but that. Right. You just have to like, let go and let it happen. Right. But to that woman, if I said that, if I said that, right? No, I mean, she can't hear you then. <laughs> it sounds like she could hear I, I don't know. Well, I, I actually, I mean, I, I thought about saying that. To, I mean, I remember very clearly the exchange, but I was also very petrified that if I told, if I said that to her, that it'd be very, very insulting to her. You know, saying, "Listen, you," because what is it basically saying? Get let go of your own story. Like, like, but I. That's, you, how could you just say that to somebody? It's not a. On the MS of MS, is that true? It's true for all of us all the time. That, that is the MS of all MS for all of us all the time. But I, I don't know if I can answer your question. Like, what happens to her? I, uh, we believe that Bezrat Hashem, Hashem will hear prayers wherever. The Navi is just saying to us, Mitzad, your own avoda, take advantage of what, what, was, what was created. To the person that wasn't part of creating that closeness, they have to be into Chassidus and believe that it's still Hashanah Rabbah on that. That they have all of Yantiv and Chalamoyed and, and scream yeah, out. As a mother, I'm sure that people could relate to that. You're not sitting in shul. You're doing the regular mundane things that we're trying to elevate every single day. But sometimes it's not, it doesn't feel like we necessarily have this amazing opportunity all the time on Rosh Hashanah. Right. You know, we're, we, a bunch of us left on the shofar blowing here, and we're just like, Every year, it's, we all know we're doing the holy work, but it's still hard not to walk downstairs and to show up. So right. how do you, right. again, intellectually honest and like knowing uh, what you're doing is really what's right. But uh, I think like in terms of this and right. feeling it, it's really tricky. I, I'm, I, I'm going to say an answer that probably wouldn't be stem with many women, but with you it might. Just because Hashem... We have a little bit of a glimpse of, uh, of you and Ari. Do you believe in the koyach of, of, of the of the, of the Baal Abayt? Yeah. 
when he's davening b'shem on his mishpacha, to create closeness. For sure. For, absolutely, right? Even if this wasn't on right now, you would for sure say, <laughs> for sure, right? Like, um, I, you know, I, again, you, it's, very, it's a very dangerous answer to say in certain places. That's like, if you say that in certain places, <laughs> that is so politically incorrect in 2018, you know? No, <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to really be honest with yourself where it's coming from. Like, is it a selfish desire to also feel it? Is it jealousy? Is it like, like kind of what we were talking about last night? Like, Hashem wants the heart. So, like, where is it coming from? Like, you could also be in shul. Like, I think God, like this year, had the opportunity to be in shul, but it, it I, you could be in shul and be spacing out the whole time. Like, it doesn't. Like, like, and that could be the easy part. Right. Or that, right. Right. Or that right. could be the easy part. Right. Right. Well, I think, I think these questions are very relevant to this year because this year is basically describing a, a reality of closeness that is hovering over in the air right now, which according to Rav Ashlag was kind of drawn down through the Avoda of Rosh Hashanah. And now the question is, but what if I was not given the opportunity to do that Avoda of drawing down thus to create the closeness, and therefore I feel less of an opportunity, I feel less of a, uh, I feel less inclined to go for something that I take advantage of when I don't feel like I myself was shutaf in creating the closeness. Do we have to do it, or do we have to physically, like, do we have to be part of it? Or does That's another reason why I thought, I always think that Yom Kippur was, would have been better to start with, because we say about Yom Kippur that, that, it, that it does. Itzumo shal Yom Echaper. By Yom Kippur, we do say that. Oh, so that's good, because that's, so that's like a kapara for everyone who feels didn't. like they didn't have the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. and whatever. So it does like, work, at the end yeah. At the day, like, we're all in the same place. Yeah. Everyone gets a clean slate. Look, I think that, that what's very it. good for this reflection right now to do, the avoda, is that um, to take one second of looking at your yearbook, whether you have one or you don't. In your case, I know you have one because we saw it in your house. And to just skim through this yearbook. High school yearbook? Whenever. It could be high school, <laughs> elementary, whatever it is. Whatever Your it is. actual physical yearbook. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking yeah. more about like, you know, what ha- like, like life. Uh, can, or, or the people, meaning like all the interactions you've had and b'chule b'chule. And you think about the pain that you, ha- you have in your heart about I wish that I could have been part of this. And then you look at everyone else and at a certain point, you'll realize that you should be jumping for joy that this is what's bothering you right now in your life. And not other worries. That this, that Rosh Hashanah came. And it's hard for you that you, weren't, that you didn't feel like you were part of drawing down this closeness like others that are flying in shul because of what? Raising Tinochot Beit Rabban. The fact that that's even bothering you is reason for that. First of all, that's in my opinion. That's incredible. Harav, tshuva. And in my opinion, and I know it's easy, so much easier for me to say this, but I have to do this in my own life. Also sometimes when I get down about certain things and wonder why they're bothering me so much. And I realize what a gift that these are the things that are bothering me. Hashem, thank you so much that this is what is causing me to feel what I'm feeling. I don't know what else to say in this situation, really. It's a very honest place.
Those women that are bothered because they're staying home taking care of their children are probably bringing him closer than mm-hmm. those of us that were Right, it's just hard to remember that all the time. It's just, it's just hard to remember that. I'm sorry? Isn't it a question of what you're supposed to be doing at a certain time in your life? Like the women who are 36 years old and single are jealous of the women who are 36 years old and have kids and can't get to shul. Right. Everybody has a different job to do at a different time in their life. So the question is to take advantage of them. I agree. I, I agree. But again, that, that's... <laughs> but, but Rosh Hashanah is very old-fashioned. You know, the Yom Tovim are very old-fashioned. So even, but even that, I would say, like that is a, that's Kirvat Elohim, what you're talking about. It's, it's, it might be painful, but that, that is emanating from Kirvat Elohim. Then that's the place you call out to as well. Meaning, whatever scenario of kirva that was a totza'ah, a result of the consciousness of Rosh Hashanah, is what should be called out to, and demanded to, and spoken about, and being, t- being taken advantage of. Basically, I just want to finish the last thing on the bottom over here, because Rav Kook kind of summarizes this. And Rav Kook says, Omlam Hashem designed that these days would be, between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, time of tshuva. What happened to you? You're more in touch with the second Teva now, right? What's the second Teva? The Nefesh Elokit. That's what you're more in touch with now. What does Hashem do during this time? He's Mashpia, Rav Kook says, Mashpia, He brings down Hirhurei Tshuva. Hirhurei Tshuva. It's deeper than just Machshavot of Tshuva. It's deep contemplation. It's a better word for it here. Hur is consuming. Even it's like being consumed with the thoughts of tshuva. Hashem puts that into the heart of every single yid. He's saying there's closeness, and when there's closeness, when you feel close to someone, you'll send them more and more messages of how to even become closer. How for the love to manifest even deeper. Achlu Madzibar of Cook says, but this is the avoda, on the level of avoda If man does not listen to the calling and be aware of what's happening, and you don't create a space for what's happening anyway to go into your heart. You turned up the volume on din. God forbid. It's not enough. You're not yotzei just by the fact that you're thinking about tshuva more. If you, if, you, if you don't allow yourself to be more, more vulnerable right now and to listen to what's going on because of kirva, so some would say, it's okay, so I'm, not, so I'm not that close right now. But here, when you choose not to be close because of whatever the reasons are, here, he, Rav Cook says, you have to be careful because you're bringing more din into the world. Not that God's going to punish you more, but that it hurts more. That when you have an opportunity to be close, to choose not to be close, then if you never had the opportunity at all, it hurts much more. When you become vulnerable in a situation, in a relationship, and then that relationship, one side shuts its heart, 
it hurts so much more than if you never even had that experience at all. That's what Rav Kook is saying. And that's why he's saying even more, take advantage. He's, he's, he's mamash, I see that he's really completing over here what he's saying over here. Why should you take advantage of it? Because life will feel like din. Not that Hashem's going to choose to punish you. Your experience and your story in this world will feel like a punishment. It'll feel like it to you. Don't start making God into the punisher. Your experience will be one of, oh my God, I was so close, and then they cheated on me. Or, or whatever the equivalent is of the opposite of, like what you said, what did you say intimacy is? Intimacy. Intimacy. That's good. Is that yours? <laughs> that's great. That's a great one. The opposite of that, oh, that, that's, that's really scary. That's hard. So if Cook says that's why the Navi was really telling us, listen, we want you to feel and experience Shemelo Kola Olam Chasdo. You want we want you to that's what the point Shanyam Kippur was to establish that Kirva is always there, Kirva is always attainable, and that by inviting more and more Kirva, it's less and less din. Because even when a person goes through hard stuff in life, if they feel Hashem holding their hand. That's what we want. We all know that leaving Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and davening strongest and doing full tshuva doesn't guarantee us anything other than the ability to refine our perception of our trips in this world. We know that. And when we say, Olam Chaim Shosh, that, that I should have a life full of all the goodness, of course we want that. But what, what we really are saying without realizing it is that we're really saying that everything I'm going to have to go through in the, during this year, I need to hold on and establish the closeness for it because there will be ups and downs. Why? Because I'm human and that's how Hashem designed this world. My koyach abkhiras take advantage of the gates of closeness to hold on to Hashem's hand as tight as I can because I'm going to need it. Even if I don't feel I need it right now, I'm going to for sure need it at a certain point. And that's why Rav Kook is saying over here, the opposite of not taking Hashem's hand is din. Not that you get punished, but that you invite a sense of a story of din into your life. And that's what these days of Rosh Hashanah, between Rosh and Kippur are, are lending us. And that's what they're basically putting on the table for us. And it's, Bemet would be a great, great, great thing if Hashem just made it a little bit clearer as to how to take advantage of these days. It's good to know that we should take advantage of these days. And, you know, obviously there's, the Rambam does say certain things to do to take advantage of these days. Tzedakah is a very big thing between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Vidu is a very important thing between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Making amends with friends is very, very big. That really is a little bit of, of us figuring out how to, how to take advantage of these days. But I'll go back to what you said, Mandy. I think that taking advantage of these days is to actually speak about those things that are most frightening, like closeness, to take advantage of it. Because whether it's frightening or not, you want it in the big picture. Everyone does. There's no human being that doesn't want it. Alavai, we should have enough holy chutzpah to figure out just how to really keep, that, keep our focus on the prize. And the prize is called Vani Kevatelokim Litov. The prize is the result of Vilvavi Mishkan Levna. It's a prize. It's, a, it's, the, it's the greatest prize in the world. 
Okay, we're going to have one more share before Yom Kippur on, on Sunday morning here, the Bavavi class. Do you have any more before Yom Kippur? When's Yom Kippur? Tuesday night. So. Right, 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 right. Okay. This will be a beautiful. <laughs> All right, Shekhoach, everyone.